I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, Geeky Dees? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And this is episode 57. Woo! I don't know why I'm doing fireworks for 57. It just seems like it's a lot. It's better than 56. Yeah. Well, I mean, also 56 was pre-recorded, and this is almost live. Almost. Except it's recorded a couple days ago. It's topical. We haven't seen each other in two weeks. I know. We can't dive into the chit-chat yet. We're just so eager to get into chit-chat. We'll forget to do all the business. Oh, yeah, the business. we to do the business. Right. So there are many ways you can listen to the Geek Down podcast. If this happens to be your first time checking us out, welcome. Welcome. If you would like to hear any of our other episodes, there are primarily two ways you can do that. SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. If you give us a follow on there, you will get a notification every time one of our episodes goes live as well iTunes. iTunes. He's been bored for a while. He has been. He's been sitting around. He hasn't had much to do, so he is at the ready. I know. He is just he's he's just running a stick along the the fence. The fence of his yard, of, just of his just waiting of his internet yard. He is at the ready. If you give us, if you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, like a shot, Usain Bolt ain't got shit on Chauncey. The on inter- Chauncey, the internet elf, the geek down internet elf. He is ready. He is waiting. He is eager. And he'd like to meet you. To smash new episodes of the Geek Down Pod right into your ear hole. To, to meet you and smash Geek Down episodes right into your ear hole. Yeah. And if that sounds appealing, <laughs> and you'd like to reward us for smashing things into your ear hole, you can do that on our Patreon feed. Woo! Not our feed, our page, our account, our campaign, our way to, our way to make money. And to make money for the podcast. Yes, we're not just taking taking this and running and going to Mexico or something. With the fifty dollars a month. <laughs> Eventually we would get to <laughs> we would get to Mexico. Uh that's at patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Lots of information on there. If you shoot us five dollars a month or more, you get access to the patron feed, which has got loads of fun stuff that I try to keep going on there. Patreon seems to think y'all are interested in how this thing gets made every week, so that's what I've been doing. This week is going in there and letting y'all know what goes into making this podcast, the equipment, the the process itself. And um, we have lots of different levels. Um, and we honestly are totally humbled by the excitement so far and the patrons so far. We are happy for your support in any form whatsoever. We are excited for the $1 support amount per month and all the way to the i think the highest is 25 yeah um we are absolutely over the moon we're so excited because we really want to improve our podcast our podcast and make it better and have you know guests and do new things and make it sound better so we can you know smash things into your ear hole that sound better yeah and we're exciting and top of the list of concerns and goals for the Patreon campaign, hashtag chair for Kate 2K17. 
Seems like the people are really invested with getting you a chair, Caitlin. They are extremely invested. More invested <laughs> than I thought they would they be. They are very concerned about your lumbar area. I um, maybe get texts every once again of just chairs. People just send me texts of, <laughs> of chairs and question marks. Let that be the thing. Just get at us. Add us on Twitter at GeekDownPod. Just send us chair emojis. <laughs> Flood us with chair emojis. Yeah. So we knew how, because I mean, there are other things we could do first. We could square up our SoundCloud for the next year. Yep. We could get the mixer. We work in service to y'all, the fans of this show. If your highest concern is making sure Caitlin's bottom is amply supported, supported, (laughs) cherished. (laughs) That's a pun. Um, You're a terrible person. I am a terrible person. I fire myself from my own podcast. If you're most concerned about the chair, hey, let us know. Yeah, yeah. We're probably going to go with the chair first. We're going to go with the chair first. We haven't yet, so sorry to disappoint so far. We Listen, photos will be taken. Options will be given. Yes. We are willing to hear for back, feedback from the people about what type of chair to get Caitlin. It will have to be a folding chair. The Polly Pocket is not... It just it makes the Polly Pocket more of a Polly Pocket. It makes me so excited. Oh, if things are foldable and yes. can slide out from places? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get so excited about this. <laughs> We do have uh, one shout out we have to give this week. Yeah, that's right. Um, thank you very much, Justine Taylor. Thanks, Justine. Uh, uh, we so far most of the Patreons we maybe know, <laughs> Mabes. But hey, maybe. how about you pass the show on to someone we don't know, we don't and maybe know. they like the show enough to shoot us a dollar a month. Um, but yeah, thanks, Justine, and um, thank you to everyone again who has so far contributed. Um, also, thanks, Dad. <laughs> My dad is adorable, and when I was talking to him, or he sent me this great text message, and in it was, and how do I give money to the podcast? He, he did. He wasn't quite sure, and he's like worried about the credit card thing. He's just, he just about to give you, yeah, he's give like, you I'll just twenty bucks and some money for the podcast. I was like, Dad, no, no, it's fine. Thank you so much, uh, Dad. I don't think you're listening. I think he probably got <laughs> confused. My mom says, you know, it sounds good, but I have no idea what you're talking about most of the time. So, so actually, we got an, we got an iTunes uh, review recently. Thank you, Uncle G, <laughs> gave us the rating review on iTunes. And yeah, that's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm not really into the geeky shit they talk about, but it's good. But but they're fun, and I like them, and yeah. I can listen to them. You know, do the dishes for. So I might have to do like a sports episode for my dad, <laughs> <laughs> just for him, just for him. Pay up, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> my poor father. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting through 30 minutes of Packer talk with. Oh come with on, Kate. We can talk about other. Sports, sporting things. Yeah, we can talk about um, lacrosse. Um, we can. What other sports are there? We can talk <laughs> about um, baseball. I know baseball people like to listen to baseball, about, right? What highlight? What about competitive highlight? What's highlight? That's that thing with like the scoop. Is that just lacrosse? No, lacrosse is like a net on a stick. Yeah, highlight is like a big curve thing. Oh. It's like racquetball, like you whip a ball against a wall. And like you see these things sometimes in like, you know, Canadian Tire toy aisle. And they're just like plastic and they have a wiffle ball, but like actually they're giant scoops and they, you like whip a ball. It's in like Jackass 1, I think. Johnny Knoxville got like a professional highlight player to whip a highlight ball at him because they go like 120 miles an hour. Like once they get like whipped. Oh my gosh. Anyway, speaking of dads and parents, before we go too down, far down that rabbit hole, so much for light and tight, (laughs) y'all. Well, look at there. Look at there. We're just doing some. Ch- hey, they didn't get lots of chit chat last. They did week. not get lots of chit chat, and we have all the chit chat now for the people because 
your mans made a little trip back home this weekend. How was it? Last weekend, rather. So, yeah, as I had said on last week's episode, I went down for my, my mom's 65th birthday slash fuck you cancer <laughs> outing. Uh, totally appropriate. So it's like, <laughs> I got there on Friday, lasted about uh, two hours before I collapsed at my parents' house. I was coming <laughs> off, it was coming off a midnight, a midnight shift beforehand. And uh, shouts, shouts to Netflix's download feature, by the way. Yeah, I know, right? Whew. Love that. Chilling out. Shouts to the people who didn't take the train, so I had Ample room. I had the room I had the road to myself and just propped my iPad up on the desk on the tray in the next seat next empty seat, watching Chef's table, just like <laughs> learning about Ivan Ramen. I can say that honestly the download feature is great because when you're going from Hamilton to Toronto, the internet it can be shoddy from place to place. Oh, I would think, yes. So and, uh, and, I download lots of things. And the via Wi Fi is not uh the- not suitable for streaming video. Yeah. So Saturday we did the whole thing. It was just like at like a union hall type of thing. And shouts to small towns. This is my favorite story from from this whole outing. So my parents who never entertain, it should be said. Right. So this was uh, my job there is I'm basically just like back up any needs make decisions quickly yes (laughs) because they're gonna both my parents love them both but they're gonna be like well should we do this or should we do this or where should we put this do you know where i'm just in a move wholly unlike me it's my role to just be like i will grab this and i will put this over here and we will put it back (laughs) when we're done type of thing so they had catered this Mm -hmm. um i wanted like a drop-in thing you know they bought beer drinks baked goods and then they catered it these like local you know amersburg caterer mostly like i think originally the plan was just for like some sandwiches now the sandwiches they brought were these like half moon paninis like fucking them holding up caitlin's giant android (laughs) phone like that is the only phone i could afford okay like easily this big if not bigger right then i guess in the week leading up to they would call my parents and just be like well you should have a salad we want to throw a salad in my parents were like oh okay like we agreed upon i think it was 250 was what they agreed upon right which still when you end up seeing the amount of food they brought just the sandwiches was a shit ton of food right 250 was still a good deal because they were like chicken and bacon like they were like loaded with food right and then I guess they call and they want to, um, they call again because the chef wants to make a cheesecake. He's really good at making cheesecakes. feels good about his cheesecakes. He wants to make a cheesecake for, for the function. What flavor do you want? And my mom's like, I don't know. Like, what are my options? And they rattle them all off and raspberry was in there. My mom like, likes raspberry. So it's like, okay, we're going to make a raspberry cheesecake. All gratis, you know, all, all just, just cause. Wow. And so I guess... My parents had given them 60 bucks down. Mm-hmm. That was like, you know, reservation or whatever. And then they would square up on the day of for the rest of this 250 So they come and, you know, big silver serving trays filled with paninis. Right. Giant bowl of salad, you know, whatever. The cheesecake. And they start laying it all out. And I guess my dad went to try and square up with them. And they're very Christian, apparently. Okay. So my dad went to speak with them. The wife kind of like intercepted my dad and said, well, well, you know, in matters like this, we like to pray on it. So we did. And what you gave is fine. 
want to do all this fucking food for $60. What? And my dad was like, okay, number one, this is not how you run a business. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, my wife is not about to have this. No. And I don't know how it was left. The last I heard on that subject was just my mom going like, nope, nope, they're going to ruin my day. Nope, they're going to ruin my day. That's uh, unacceptable. (laughs) I was like, I don't know, and I started, I, you know, filled the ice bucket or something. But, um, and then there was this. My mom's like hairdresser's kid or something yeah. was there <laughs> as like a job. I'm saying that in quotes, but like, I'm sure this kid was supposed to be doing the shit I was doing, but I was doing because I was like, you know, bored and an introvert and yeah, not bored, but you know, we I mean, like to be busy so that we don't have to talk to people. Yes, I'm an introvert and I don't know a lot of people. <laughs> These are all my parents' friends, and I'm like, yeah. and just keep busy. And sometimes I chat with somebody for like 20 minutes or what, whatnot. But you know, it's my parents' friends. Um, but she was there, like taking people's coats and whatnot when they came in and things like that. And I guess I think my mom was going to give her like 50 bucks for the day or something. Mm-hmm. It was like a three hour shindig or something. Yeah, and even. My mom tried to give the kid this money, and the kid was like, no, no, like, it's really, it's okay. Like, it, it was fun. Like, I had a good time. Like, that's, I was like, no, you were, like, I hired you. <laughs> like, I'm paying you for doing this. And she's like, no, really. She was like, Kathy, it's okay. Like, it's totally fine. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> First of all, Caterer wants to tell me 60 bucks is cool. I'm like, respect. What, you want to put your church pamphlets out on the table? Cool. <laughs> Go nuts. Here's three $20 bills. I am going to the record store immediately after this. Um, yeah, fucking small towns, man. Could not could not believe that. But it was a good time. And like I said, my parents never entertained. So the fact that people came and the fact that my mom was like, oh, my God, people actually love me and care about me enough to come. Because I was really trying to be like, listen, focus on the people who are there. Yeah. Not the people you think are going to come mm-hmm. or should come and maybe don't. Yeah. Don't get hung up on that. No. Appreciate the people who are coming. Yes. I love her very much. Mm-hmm. That can be your vibe sometimes. Um, I think that's a lot of people's vibe, especially as they get to... A, I mean, I've had a couple things where people haven't shown up and I've been slightly crushed mm. only for a moment or two. Because people get busy, and I understand that, but there's been a couple things where, like, everybody canceled, or or some people just, like, didn't show up, and I've been like, uh, my feelings are hurt, or they, like, haven't invited me to things. I get like that, so I understand it. So that's what I tell other grown-ups who I know, and I'm, like, helping them arrange things. I'm like, don't be upset if, like, five people show up, because those five people, you guys are going to have an awesome time. Also, when there are too many people... Then it gets overwhelming. Mostly it gets overwhelming for me. But oh, yeah, Kath yeah. was not prepared for that. Like Kath was like felt like she didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Like and she had people who like like these people like came from like Kitchener. Yeah. Drove down that day just for my mom's thing. You know? mm-hmm. Your feelings can be hurt if someone you expected to show up would not be there. But you know, don't let it ruin your day or like and don't yeah. hold grudges about it. Like that's just advice from uh from Jordan Kate. Some life advice. Solid tips. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty good time. Uh, That day, yeah. And then the next day, the next day, oh, the next day I went to the homie Mr. Malach's house. Yeah. And we, uh, and we hung out and had dinner and watched, watched the Oscars and I, (laughs) his, his kid has a brain now, which I'm not used to. Right. Yes, that happens. (laughs) Like, like he can do things like, Mm -hmm. 
Like we, because Mr. Malash uh, had a vasectomy, right? <laughs> so he's not supposed to be lifting his child right now. So does Mr. Malash want you to let the entire, <laughs> the entire audience? I posted know? it on Instagram, so and, and he played into it. Okay, because we did, you know, like we da- I dance on Soulful Sunday, yeah, and I wanted to do do one with him, yeah, but he had to remain seated <laughs> <laughs> with some frozen corn on his balls. <laughs> nice. And I said, you know, when you want to do Soulful Sunday, but your best friend, with your best friend, but he had a vasectomy and powers <laughs> through anyway. Um, so he's not supposed to be the lifting heavy thing. So I was, you know, carrying the child. And then we go down to play with him in the basement for a bit so his wife can finish making dinner. And I don't know if I took my hat off or the child took my hat off. But then, like, he's wandering around. You know, I'm half talking to Jeff and half watching the kid. And he would go and... Like the kid would grab the hat, come over, and then like look at me, and I'd kind of dip my head down. He put the hat on my head. Yeah. I'd be like, all right. And then take the hat off my head and put it on his head. I'm like, you have a brain now. You can do things. <laughs> yeah. That's kind. That's, kinda, how, that's, that's kind of fun. People work. They also get bigger. They do get if bigger. You feed them. Yeah, they get bigger, and <laughs> uh, they their brain gets more like a brain. Hey, Jordan. Uh, since you like shut up this baby, shut up. You like this kid, shut up. Jordan likes kids. Everyone. Jordan does not like kids. Keep your he fuck, does. Keep your fucking he babies. Does. Away he from likes me. kids so much. He was smiling during that whole story. If your child, if the child has been produced by the gonads of someone I love and respect, maybe I will like your child. There's a random child on the street, unless it's Asian. It's a real high barrier to entry there. Asian two year old girls will always always get a pass though. Because they're adorable. They, yes. They always have squeaky shoes. <laughs> or light up shoes. Um, all right. No wonder we love Kana so much. <laughs> it's true. All just tracks. Uh, how was your two weeks? I just worked and slept. God, we need to find you. We got to get you back into Zumba or something. <laughs> um, actually, just yesterday, um, senior correspondent and I went on a two-hour hike in the forest. It was awesome. I was it, very excited. If you like hikes, I'm happy. Yeah. And we wore our galoshes so we could get all in the squishy mud. Squish, 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 squish. Um, and I had a great time. It was all foresty and lots of birds and squirrels and frozen lakes, which was really cool. This has been mad cold this week in Toronto. Um, yeah. And Hamilton is... And surrounding area. Once you start to, to hike, though, you get... It gets hot real fast. Um, but yeah, we had a great time. It was really beautiful out. And um, I've been trying to walk more because I like walking. I don't like doing anything else, but I like walking. Um, so I need to sort of do a little bit more of that so I don't turn into Jabba the Hut. And oh, and I gave up sugar for the month and I'm already really sad about How it. How is that going? I basically have a compulsion to eat cake at all times. <laughs> Well, that's just my day to day. Yeah, but I can't ever relieve the like cake, cake. You want cake? <laughs> it's just this little song that plays in my head. Caitlin just over rocking over. in the corner of yeah. her house, is going cake, cake, cake. I want cake. I want cake. I can't have cake because my life is lame. <laughs> um, that's basically the song. I'll eat lots of bananas, and um, I'm allowed to have a little bit of honey. I don't want to alarm things. you, Kate. Yeah, bananas are loaded with natural sugars. That's fine. Okay. I'm just not allowed to have processed sugar. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not insane. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, not, a, I'm not a monster. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, you know, masochist. I uh, I just uh, can't have sugar because I'm going to die if I keep on eating it too much. <laughs> so I'm going to try this out. See how it works. See what happens. You know? Cherry Coke Zero out in Canada right now. Oh, you don't fuck the pop though. No, so. I don't. God. 
No. Where is the joy in your life? Uh, in walks. Can't, can't eat dairy. And television. Can't eat bread. I can eat bread. I thought bread was off the table, too. No, I can eat. my. <laughs> don't. I can eat we all be, the bread. We be eating bread out here. Yeah, so much bread. Anyway, that's our lives. Hey, Kate. Yeah. Anything out there happening in the world we should know about? Yeah, there is, actually. Well, why don't you hit us up with some of that? I will, actually. Thank you for that segue. Um, so, really, the biggest news I've got is that the universe actually does listen to me and wants to make me happy. Oh my God, is there Jane Austen stuff coming? Even better. Even better. BBC and HBO Uh-oh. have teamed up Uh-oh. for a new eight-part drama. Friends, you know I had no idea. I'm excited. You know I would not have seen this story beforehand. So. That will explore the 19th century marriage plot through the lens of lesbianism. Uh-oh. I am psyched. <laughs> Real life Ann Lister, who was in 1800s lesbian. She's around the 1830s, 1820s, Mm -hmm. um, which is exactly Jane Austen time period, Um, who she was an upper class woman. She was an adventurer and she had lady friends. Like other ladies? Yeah. And uh, she wanted to get married to a lady. So she and she was super debonair and awesome. And they are going to make an eight part series about her basically being an industrialist in Yorkshire and improving her like family hall called I think it's pronounced Shibden Hall um and yeah she's just she's super cool and it's about her and her basically finding her match the, I did actually watch there was in 2010 there was a um, BBC 2 there was a secret diaries of Miss Anne Lister mm. um because when they found her diaries they were all in code and the code actually didn't get cracked until the 1980s and most of the code was about her relationship with women oh because um, you, you have to change vagina to tumbleweeds or something so people don't know what she's talking about actually it was a code that was like part Latin part algebra um <laughs> she was just awesome she wrote in code I mean basically it's all the things I want in a drama um <laughs> Code breaking, lesbians, um, 1800s, marriage plot, not Victorian, this is before the Victorian age. It's very Uh, important. This is the romantic period. uh, Anyway, so I am super, super psyched because, you know, a couple episodes ago when I was like, universe, why won't you make more stories about the 1800s? Well, they listened and the universe was like, here you go, Caitlin. The power of attraction works, y'all. It does. So excited. Tell my mom to just wish her cancer goes away. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. Do not do that. No. But there is also other good news. Just I love all this good news. It's just it's ladies leading the day. So Shelley Bond, who people may know as the person who was um <clears throat> let go unceremoniously dumped when Vertigo restructured, I'm doing bunny ears for those of you who can't tell, <laughs> um in 2016, um has now got her own her own imprint. Um, it's called Black Crown. It's under I, uh, IDW, which is Idea Design Works. Oh man, hope that doesn't mean a transformer has to contractually be in every <laughs> in every. <laughs> I don't think comic so. She puts out. Um, she seems really psyched about it. She's talked about how um, a lot of people she's worked with before are sort of on board to coming mm. to work with her. Um, she's going looking for new talent and there's tons of stuff out there and she's super excited and I'm super excited because that means there are more creator 
made content comic books out there. Yeah, now you have you know, two of the driving forces of the Vertigo line each doing their own thing. We yeah. talked about Karen Berger a couple of weeks ago. Did we actually talk about her? I thought we hadn't... I, I couldn't remember because I... Yeah, no, we did. Oh. Remember, Caitlin doesn't go back and listen to the episodes. Uh, <laughs> Burger Books is Karen Burger's... Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, um, Under Dark Horse. Knew it was Under Dark Horse. Yeah, that, that was, you know, Kayam messaging us oh, as we yeah, were recording. Right. Yeah, Karen Burger getting her imprint at Dark Horse, and then, yeah, I'd heard Shelly Bond was getting her, her IDW. Funny enough. Hmm. Thank you, Kayam, for texting me about this story. Did he text you about Shelly Bond, yes. too? <laughs> he is on it. He is all about the the lady imprints. <laughs> the lady imprints? What? I can call them that. Find you... the woman imprints. The the fearsome, fantastic lady imprints. Lady comic book companies. I don't know what to call them. Stop making fun of me. Just with your face. You were making fun of me with your face. <laughs> it's just my face. Though I have to uh, have a, I do have a bone to pick with um, famous people in comic books. <laughs> okay. So there were a couple other stories. Um, one about uh, Ryan Gosling. He's going to be going oh, yes. to comic books to make a, a movie about, I can't remember what it's called. It's the Underwater Welder. It is a yes. graphic novel by Jeff Lemire. I mean, Ryan Gosling, sure, that's that's fine. That's kind of interesting, I guess. But, like, there is so much out there that you could perhaps make into movies and TV shows. And I know they, they've done some of it, but there's some other stuff that they really need to dig a little bit. Not just the surface stuff. Also, more lady stuff. None of this macho guy stuff. At the end, that's my, that's sort of the rant. Uh, anybody who knows me knows I have a complicated thing with, with Jeff Lemire, as it is. What's your complicated thing with Jeff Lemire? I know you, and I don't know this. <laughs> I feel like I'm okay. left out. Well, here's the thing. Let's start with this. Caitlin, when I say can lit to you, what do you think of? Well, we've got to have some Margaret Atwood from in there. Fucking, no, just characteristics of it. From fucking oh. Anne-Marie McDonald to W.O. Oh, Mitchell it's, to anything. It all takes place in small Canadian towns. They have the fucking prairies and... Um, it all be... involves like, like hockey or some kind of like some kind of Canadian sport thing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, stories about people going to the city, um, coming of age, a lot of coming of age. Um but that's sort of like the surface canlet. And this is my issue. Okay, so Jeff Lemire, his first work was this you know massive graphic novel he put out called Essex County. Yeah, Essex County, where I'm from. Yes, I I actually read it for one of my university classes. I was super amped about this book when it started coming in. Mm-hmm. It came out in three parts first, and now I think you just get it collected. I was like, oh my god, this guy's actually from where I'm from, and he's telling a story about the place I grew up. Can't wait to see this. What? It's nothing but fucking fields and farm and... It's true, like, it is. Hash- going to Toronto. Hashtag, yeah. Half the fucking book was about Toronto. Like, <laughs> hashtag, not my Essex County. And this is just... Listen, I have a... I just have this thing in general, and this goes back even to, like, Snot Girl, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, but starts with that book, Blankets... Yeah. That giant book by Craig Thompson mm-hmm. that came out where I think sometimes comics get a pass for telling shitty stories because of the medium they're telling them in. I agree. Like, 
we can all appreciate that Craig Thompson, like, put in six years of his life to drawing blankets. Mm-hmm. It's an art. It's a huge artistic achievement. The story was eh. Really, I was just kind of bored. I wanted to hear more about his brother and stuff. Not this fucking girl he fell in love with at Christian camp or whatever. Like, it's just a it's just a standard like coming of age first love story. Right. And then she dumps you. Like, whoopity do. Essex County was just you threw in a bit of magical realism in there sometimes, but it was basically just you know, the same kind of jam. What I want is more stories like uh, Thomas King's Greengrass Running Water in graphic novel form. That would have been a phenomenal graphic novel. And it's a phenomenal story. It's one of my favorite books of all time. There is one like that that's out right now. I cannot remember the name of it to save my life, but it's got a red cover and a guy who looks like he's been in a bare-knuckle boxing match on the front cover. Huh. About the lives of First Nations people. Uh, Specifically in Canada? Yes. (gasps) This is exciting. cannot remember the name of it, but I will... Get you that. And when I do the show notes for this episode on the Patreon page, you can all find out that there, too. Um, but no, that is out. I don't think it was a Canada Reads nominee in the last couple of years, but uh, Indigo was pushing it really hard. Um, I, I just feel like there there are some really interesting stories in our Canada, and a lot of them get um, pushed aside for the classic, what you've called, can-let sort of images, right? Yeah. It's a lot of... Hey, prairies take up a lot of our country. I'm not, it's not about that. Um, but there are still stories within the prairies that are interesting um, and different than what we've heard. Um, because everyone's, everyone's life is, is different, right? Um, they have different sides to this great blanket that is Canada. Um, they, we each have a little patch, part of the patchwork um and i just don't think we get to hear enough of those stories so i i agree that there's sort of there's there's room to grow um and i just have a very like for as ambivalent a relationship i have with my home area my home area has always suffered from a like crisis of Mm self-esteem you know the joke is always ontario stops at london (laughs) it's always been the joke slash it's the armpit of canada like yeah because it's just kind of, I came to Toronto. People didn't know where Windsor was. Like that's just a Toronto thing. I wouldn't take it personally. <laughs> like, is it though? Because oh, it is. It is. Because I, I remember when I was trying to find a barber after I after I moved here, mm-hmm. I would talk to the you know trying different barbers out, and I'd talk to them, and they would glean that I wasn't from here originally, and they'd be like, "Oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Windsor. Well, where's that at? Really? Anyway." I just, you know, I got really amped when this, like, oh, this is our time. It's actually going to be a story about the place where I'm from. It was just, like, fucking fields and tractors and shit, and it could have been anywhere. And hockey. A lot of hockey. Like, a random mention of an AM radio station down there and, like, a shot of a Windsor Star newspaper. It was the only things that made it different from fucking Saskatoon. Like, Yeah. Anyway. But, hey, fuck me, because Jeff Lemire, like, now writes everything for Marvel and yeah. has, has the world by a string. So Yeah. Shouts to you. And now Ryan Gosling is making your movies. So There you go. And on a fun note, this I, I liked greatly. This made its way into the uh, into the fandom spheres. Um, Zelda Williams, yes. daughter of the late perennially mourned Robin Williams, uh, was on Twitter a couple days ago talking about uh, Satoshi Khan, who we've talked about on the show have, yeah. more than once. We've looked at two of his movies. She was actually talking about Paprika specifically which we've talked about on the show. Go back and find that episode. Specifically, she was linking to an article that 
dives into the parallels many people have drawn between Christopher Nolan and Satoshi Kon, specifically Paprika and Inception. She then followed that up with a tweet saying, Don't know why people are, sh- are shocked sometimes by my being an anime superfan, not like I was raised by one or anything. And she's holding a DVD case of uh, a show, a 13-episode show Satoshi Kon did called Paranoia Agent, and it is uh, autographed to Mr. Robin Williams from Satoshi Kon with a little doodle character sketch on it. And I just thought that was... That's super cool. That's very sweet. I like that. I like that story. I like that they met. I like the idea that they met and they had a conversation and they liked each other. And then I remember they're both not here anymore. And it makes me very sad. That but. is... Wow. Whew. Uh, way, to, way to end it, Jordan. I can't, I can't even stop myself, friends. <laughs> started with a happy story and just it got just real sad at the end again. Real sad. Well... I guess we should probably get out of here then and talk about the things we're going to talk about in the second half of the show, because both of those are happy. Yeah, they are. And let's keep it that way, okay? So we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, Kay and I are going to talk about the things we brought each other. See you in a sec. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we sit down and talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah, it is. But before we get to that, we have some rules. Yeah, we do. The first rule is the rule of three. Yeah, it's three. (laughs) Which is the rule that um, if we are given a television show, radio show, anything that runs in episodes or is serialized in some way, we will consume three of those episodes. Or epicycles. Or epicycles. Or epicycles. Thank you, Jordan. Um, I didn't have to mention them this time. You did. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. It's just a rule that means that we will not talk about the things we brought each other. Don't talk about the thing. No. And sometimes it's really hard. I had to kind of talk about it uh, <laughs> today just to verify that I was watching the right thing. Um, but other than that, we don't talk about it at all. We don't yell at each other about it or cry at each other or get angry at each other even though it can be very difficult sometimes um and we save it for a nervous breakdown where you think you've forgotten the english language we don't talk about any of that until we are sitting in front of these microphones yeah exactly and finally the third rule which isn't really a rule at all it's more of a policy is there will be spoilers this is a pro spoiler podcast yeah so we will get into things that are older so it's not really a big deal um but if you are one of those people who absolutely in no way wants to know any spoilers about anything ever, you need to peace out. Bye. Yep. See ya. Thanks for hanging around, and uh, we'll see you next week for chit-chat, I guess, and news. Patreon.com slash GeekDownPod. <laughs> see ya. Oh my god, maybe we should offer like a spoil, like, <laughs> like I'll just, I'll recut the show to just take this part out of it. Oh, we could do that. If you wanted to pay us a dollar a month, we would totally cut the spoilers. That's a lot of work. I'm not doing it for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to pay us $10 a month. Five is good. Five dollars a month. We will cut the spoilers out for you and make it so that it's its own little nicely we'll packaged. Start like fifteen <laughs> different RSS feeds for this. Um. Anyways, but now on to the part where we talk about the things we brought to each other. We like to alternate, so I believe this week we are going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. I believe so. Um, which is the very popular, very watched, very known about. <laughs> 
Guardians of the Galaxy, which, of course, Jordan hasn't seen because it's Marvel and it's a movie and he doesn't care about anything or anyone. Caitlin <laughs> continuing her her campaign to force me to watch every Marvel movie. Yes. And to get you up to speed, you know, because maybe we'll go on an adventure to the movies together. Maybe. Maybe. If, well, it depends if I get any gift cards for Cineplex in the <laughs> next coming, coming months. Um, got them points, though. Got them points. Hey, I collect the points. I have to collect them. I will refuse us going to the movies unless I have my points card on me. I once did not have it, and we had all these plans to go to the movies, and I went, can't do it. Don't have my points card. It was kind of devastating. Um, so now I make sure I have it on me at all times, just in case we pop in to see a movie on, you know, the cheap Tuesdays are actually quite cheap. Really, it's the only time to go. Where are they at now? Um, I'm trying to think. It's, I'm pretty sure it's below $10. Cineplex, get at us. Yeah, I'll double check. It but... used to be like four bucks back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> um, so yes, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, um, it is directed by James Gunn. Um, it came out July 21st, 2014. So what is that? Three years ago? It's been ago? that long already? Yeah, Damn. three years ago. Um, it James Gunn, if you don't know him well, really the things you need to know him for are Slither, which had Nathan Fillion in it being hilarious, um, the 2004 version of Dawn of the Dead, and Super, which came out in 2010. Um, all actually quite good movies quite good movies yeah but i thought i I seem to remember the excitement with which the news of his involvement with guardians being met with thought it would have merited oh maybe i just don't know who this dude is i thought he did like had more in his catalog that's what i know him for i maybe there was something else he had worked on but i really think the last thing he worked on before guardians was um super i think the big thing with james gunn was Guardians of the Galaxy was because it was supposed to be it was seen as a smaller movie that wasn't going to make that much money. He kind of was given free reign and oh, he definitely was. And um and it was amazing. Um and it was kind of the gateway that a lot of other of these big films were were produced afterwards, like it was the gateway movie drug. Um it's probably one of the reasons why they let um Oh, what's Deadpool be do its own thing, right? Was because they've seen that sometimes if you leave the directors alone and aren't dicks and screw up their work, they actually produce amazing things that are funny and interesting. Um, and, and yeah, so it, it stars a whole bunch of people who are now even better known, like Chris Pratt. This was his big role. Like he was amazing, I think, in Parks and Rec, but this is the big role. Um, and it sort of aligned with him being in the Lego movie, but mm. this is what really made him a superstar. Oh, yeah, this is what made him a movie star. Yeah. Um, Zoe Saldana, uh, Bautista, Vin Diesel as Groot in all the languages. His um, name is David Bautista. I know, but everyone knows him as Bautista. Or Bautista. Sorry. Inside joke for the wrestling fans. Uh, is it because they boo him? He came back for a run post Guardians, yeah. like mm-hmm. he came back to be a wrestler for like a year type of thing. Yeah, um, nice easy paycheck between for WrestleMania season. Yeah, but it looked like they were immediately pushing him into the title card picture, and this is when the fans were really wanting to see this, you know, Daniel Bryan guy get his get his push. Right, like, like he'd earned it, and instead Batista came back, and uh, and it seemed like you know the office was about to push him into the main event, mm-hmm. like because he's a movie star. Why wouldn't you? 
the fans were like, fuck it. We don't care if he's a movie star. We want it's the other guy's time. Right. You can find something else for Batista to do. That'll be fine. Um, so they like they started booing him. So people started calling him Batista. <laughs> And then, uh, and then he wore the, he wore these questionable blue tights once, yeah. and people started calling him Blue Tista. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Oh, uh, all right, well, anyways, so, right, um, so Vin Diesel is Groot in all the languages. Uh, Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon, which I think is one of the best performances he's ever done. Um, Lee Pace as Angry Blue Guy, uh, Karen Gillan and Glenn Close, just because she's awesome and showed up. Um, and yeah, it, it's a movie basically about all these. Um, assholes kind of coming together to form a team and an unlikely team and becoming the Guardians of the Galaxy. I've, I think I said at the time, and it's not my summation of the movie, and you, you didn't seem to really agree with this summation, the idea that, like, you know, the best part of Star Wars was Han Solo, so let's just make a Star Wars movie where everybody's Han Solo. I... I... No, I think that it's it's kind of accurate in in that they're all kind of pirates, like lovable rogues. They're all lovable. <laughs> it's a team of lo- lovable rogues, um, which is absolutely accurate. Um, I just think that there was it was more fun than that. There was more mm. like relationship building and funny banter, and Rocket Raccoon was my, probably my favorite part. Um, what the hell is a raccoon? Um, <laughs> so, you know, and and they let um, Gunn sort of have this free reign to do some interesting things. It is the superhero story. They came together as a group or the superhero group story, team story. Mm. Um, the super team finally gets together. They work their things out. Um, they save the day by with love and you know we'll we'll get to that but it was a fun movie it's probably one of my favorite marvel movies i think it is my favorite marvel movie i would go so far as to say with the exception of maybe the first iron man Mm -hmm. the best marvel movie yeah um so i'm hoping for guardians 2 that they were like you're right we should just leave james gunn alone to do his thing well that's a hope yeah it made a lot more money than anybody was expecting it to exactly so that's i'm that's why i get worried when they make sequels and the because the first one was successful you know i'm like oh no here (laughs) we go uh but you know i and i haven't seen the trailers right so i'm not sure i don't know um i hope it's good fingers crossed so yeah jordan what'd you think and also, did you like my synopsis? <laughs> very, very thorough. <laughs> Great. Yeah, as I just said, uh, low bar, perhaps, but easily the best Marvel movie I've seen in recent memory. And there are a lot of them. Lord, Lord knows there are a lot. You know what this movie doesn't have? What? A parking lot that a fight takes place in. <laughs> <laughs> they really it's need not, more parking lots. Not, not an office parkade for, <laughs> to be found anywhere. Though they did technically have like a space parking lot that a fight took took place in. Uh, like the first one where he's... No, in the skull. They're, they're all parked kind of nearby. Uh. <laughs> so technically it's a parking there lot. There must be a fight in a parking lot. Oh, man. Can we start a Marvel bingo? Oh, I'm sure there already is one. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. I mean, like my whole experience with Marvel movies at this point and going into this is uh, probably could best be turned by the expression, uh, you know, the soft bigotry of low expectation. Like, yeah. Okay. 
really not expecting much. I expected it to be fine. Mm-hmm. It was better than fine. Yeah. But that was because, like you said, it clearly... Nobody expected anything out of this. Yeah. I don't even know why. I have never delved into why this got made unless it was supposed to tie into the whole Thanos thing or explain. I think... Better explain the MacGuffins of the Infinity Stones. I think when they were... This is just a theory. When they were plotting out what they wanted to do with this, something maybe DC could try and do. Um, They... I think they did want to have a space because they wanted to do space and they wanted to do magic, right? Mm. So space, well, what are we going to do? And they probably looked at a couple things and were like, let's do a team up. So it's not an individual person, right? Um, So they could throw in a lot of heroes there. Also merchandising, um, which is kind of probably a sad way to look at it. But they've done some really good merchandising. Because these were not... This was not a franchise that was burning up the comics chart Ooh. as all. The closest thing to a that even when I was deep in comic collecting, the only time I even heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy was around the time when like Image Comics was first forming mm-hmm. and like all these big names were associated all the big names that went into making Image Comics were associated with a franchise. Like Todd McFarlane was like the Spider Man guy. Mm-hmm. He was like was driving the sales on Spider Man, and Jim Lee was driving the sales on X Men. Like these were these dudes who were like drawing the franchise books. And another dude they went to to form Image with was a guy named Jim Valentino, who was kind of co writing and drawing the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, totally different character roster. I think like none of these characters were in it. Like uh, I think maybe s- some were there the might same. have been a couple. Like Drax might have been in there. Drax I actually remember seeing in the original Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Drax and Gamora were both in the. Infinity Gauntlet miniseries, which was just a random event that happened in the late 80s uh, in Marvel Comics. But, yeah, like, nobody was clamoring for this. And I think, I think there was sort of a, a, probably a combination of things. Um, But yeah, I think they wanted to to tie space, because I'm pretty sure they wanted to do a Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel is part of Sword and Shield. How do we do that? Um, We want magic in there. How do we fold in magic okay doctor strange you know so they've they plotted it and maybe gun had approached them i actually don't know the story this is when it'd be good to be someone who deep dived but i don't because <laughs> i just like the things i like um but maybe james gum was like hey i love these characters maybe we can do something like this this would be fun yeah he did co-write this so maybe and, he had a hot take on it yeah um but whatever magic he used it was it turned out to be really good so, I mean, and I mean, maybe Marvel was like, fuck it, because nobody really expected, you know, they were already dealing with characters nobody cared about. Yeah. Like, we talked about this before. Like, when Iron Man came out, Iron Man and the Avengers were, like, all they had left. Because mm-hmm. they didn't have the film rights to Spider-Man. They don't have the film rights to the X-Men. Like, or Fantastic Four. Yeah, they had, sold, they had already sold off all the rights to their best characters. All they have were these characters, so they got to go into the backbench to be like, well, what's left and what can we do and what can we... Everything comes back to wrestling. What can we? What can we make? You know, what, and, what properties can we make? And that capital might have, M. And that might have been it as well, right? Like, what other properties do we have? Do we? Can we do a group movie? Um, who do we have as a group? Oh, this Guardians of the Galaxy. This has an interesting roster. What can we do with that? And we always talk about we talk about how like Ant Man was like the perhaps failed attempt to do like a heist movie in. 
the superhero. I don't mold. think it was a failed attempt. It succumbed to a lot of the succumbed to a lot of the tropes. Wasn't failed. As a movie, maybe it didn't fail. As a heist movie, it it didn't get the chance to be what it wanted to be. I will let you have that one. All right. And how I have not seen it. I'm sure it'll come up soon. But how like Winter Soldier was like the 70s, you know, all the president's men, suspense, espionage type thriller, you know, mm-hmm. Manchurian candidate type uh, espionage thriller with a couple of superheroes and a couple of office park <laughs> fights thrown in there. It was it was it was good. This is, you know, let's do our space opera mm-hmm. with these characters. This one works the most successfully because you don't have to be beholden to anything resembling the rules. You haven't seen of Winter. Earth. You haven't seen Winter Soldier, huh? <laughs> We've been over this, Caitlin. No, I, I haven't. It's not one on the list. <laughs> you listening to my point here? I am. I am sorry. I got distracted slightly, but yes. You're in space. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can have a yeah. giant head with a mining colony in it, like. When just even you have people flying around in sentient robots and cities falling out of the sky, like you still in any of these Avengers, Iron Man movies still have to kind of play by the rules of Earth. Yeah. Once you're in space, you don't have to do that anymore. No, you which do Which makes this movie the most interesting. Like of all the Marvel movies I've seen, this one was definitely the best time and I knew it would be. I wasn't like, I wasn't thinking I was going to have a bad time with it. Um, I did wonder if perhaps because it was, you know, is it a good movie or is it a good Marvel movie? I knew people who came out of this were like suddenly naming their like best friend posse crew. It was like the guardians and everybody had like a, <laughs> like, I know some people are going to think I'm shouting, I'm, I'm taking shots at them specifically. I'm not. I've known like at least four groups of friends that like, after they saw that movie, they're like, we're the guardians. Woo. <laughs> cool. I guess. Um, but was this a movie that could like stand on its own or is you, are you just getting by from the like charisma of the cast? I think, I think it's kind of an even split. I really liked it. But do you think it's a good movie or do you just like hanging out with these characters? I thought it was good. Mm. Nah, no, nah. you're making me <laughs> really think about this. Actually <laughs> making you. <laughs> I just like slightly critically look at something. I just like consuming my consumables and moving along. Oh, um, is it? I like. I definitely liked parts of it. I loved uh, the scene where they're all trying to get their hands on um, the the gem um yeah like and honestly like it's fine but like this movie did not do a very good job i thought of non-mcguffening the the infinity gems like mm-hmm. um well that's what they are though we right? need a thing to keep chasing so that, that, that's a thing but i i did like that scene where they're all trying to catch each other i thought that was really well done um i did like them together i loved the the jailbreak um the jailbreak was very good uh, so there are things that I thought definitely worked just as a movie, um, but all together, I don't know, but kind of. I liked the, I, I even like the big scene at the end where the, you know, the, they have to make the net, right? That was, And I will say, and I have this in my notes, like the stakes felt more real to me in this movie than anything in Avengers 2. Right. I didn't give a fuck about what was happening in Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. Like this is a random country 
that's being lifted up into the air and is going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, what? Who cares? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I will say, and we're going to talk about this in the thing I brought you, and I'm going to talk about it in a positive way, which is weird <laughs> to talk about it in a negative way here, but, mm-hmm. like, this is clearly... I always call it the David Simon school of fuck you storytelling. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go back and you watch the first episode of the wire and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> um, and the thing, the thing I brought Caitlin, she had to verify that she was actually watching the first episode. Cause it does a similar thing where it's yeah. like, you feel like all these, you feel like this world existed long before you got to it. Yeah. Guardians does that as well. I don't know that it does it as well in all regards. I did not think Ronan was a good villain at all. No, no, he There's was not. There's no explanation of... Hey, the... and I like Lee Pace, but it was not good. And as a comic book dude, like, I can at least piece together, like, the whole, the, the Kree scroll, and they even talk about scrolls, but, like, no. the whole Kree empire type of thing, like, I have a very tangential knowledge of that, but, like, it's just whipping shit at you left and right about this, and it's like, why are you so mad, Ronan? Yeah. But he's real mad. He's, he's real mad. He's going to destroy a planet just because. That's yeah. his whole jam. He wants to destroy a planet just because. Uh, but he's got a cool hammer, so we'll use him. <laughs> yeah. He's a dope looking hammer. Um, but still, even despite him being a shitty villain, like when he's like, when all the mechanisms are working to try and, you know, save this planet that he wants to destroy for some reason, like, I don't know, maybe it's just in the world we live in now where it seems like everything's on fire for no reason as it is. Like, I just appreciate watching people Band fighting together, and succeeding yeah. against <laughs> a threat that makes no sense. So the one thing I will always come back to with this, and the thing I will probably always argue with people about, bear in mind, at no point here am I saying this is a bad movie. Mm, right. I do think, what's the one thing everybody came out of this movie with? Baby Groot? <laughs> Okay. Number one, Baby Groot. Number two, the soundtrack. Yes. Oh my God. Soundtrack's amazing. Well, you know, blah, was, blah, blah, blah. It was okay. And I get that they're playing with the anachronism of like, you know, it's the same thing with Cowboy Bebop. It's like a space opera, but it plays jazz all the time. Like, yeah. This is like a space opera that plays like classic rock because he was, you know, like, and they even try to get around, you know, it was his mom's favorite songs. So like they try to get around that. because so I was like, that math doesn't add up. <laughs> he was like eight when he was. It was taking place in the present day in space, but it's like he was eight when he was kidnapped, but he's listening to like Redbone. Like that doesn't quite make sense chronologically, but no, they were like his mom's favorite songs. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is never a concept that I agree with all the time, but as far as like, you know, earning things, mm-hmm. I feel like they were just kind of whipping those songs out as a shortcut to, and maybe they had to because nobody knew who the fuck these characters were and they were like, that's a good way to get them on board with this. Here's some stuff, you know, here's some, here's some cheesy songs you love. You will immediately become enamored with this world because they like the same things you like. Possibly. <laughs> I just think that's a good way to get someone connected to a movie. I, it's a shortcut. If you haven't earned it, like it's like, mm, but sometimes shortcuts are good. <laughs> and sometimes they're lazy. <laughs> I kind of side on the second half, but I did. It wasn't enough for me to be like, Oh, God, fuck this movie. I was like, I see what you're doing. Also, dog, you really didn't open that present for like 26 years? Yeah, I would have been eaten <laughs> really? by, by really? being curious. You, had, you would have been by curious? But... No, I said I would have been eaten by my curiousness. Uh, curiosity, perhaps? That's the one. Curiosity. <laughs> I've been word. eaten alive them, by them my things. curiosity. Uh, like, and also, <laughs> total, what is it with endings in these movies? 
Like, well, he's going to grab the stone, which incinerates anybody who touches it, basically. Yeah. But he'll be saved by the power of friendship. Except they found out that that wasn't why he was saved. And they, yeah, they MacGuffin did again. It's like, hey, you're not totally Earthling, though, so... But I don't think he... But he, they, we knew he wasn't totally Earthling. And that's the whole dad thing, and that's why everybody's like, oh my god, Kurt Russell's in the next movie. What? Um, you hadn't seen a casting announcement, even? like? No, I've been trying to avoid everything. No, Kurt Russell plays his dad. I'm sorry. It's a pretty good casting, though. <laughs> Kurt Russell should be in everything. Yeah. Um... I will say my one takeaway from this, just because I am, I am a fan of the world he came from before this, Batista was fucking great. <laughs> he was so good in this. Listen, again, soft bigotry of low expectations. Yes. Like, <laughs> the fact that he was even funny at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, his people are totally literal. It's, <laughs> that's, metaphors are just going to go over his head. Okay. Nothing gets over my head. <laughs> my reflexes are too fast. I would leap and catch it. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what, was, what the fuck was Gamora's line? Pelvic sorcery? <laughs> yes. Like, there were bits in there that were funny. I don't know that this movie deserves. I laughed a lot. I had a good time with it. I'm not like, I have to watch that again immediately. I'm not like, I got to be there on day one to see volume two three years from now when volume two ends <laughs> up on Netflix. Can <laughs> you make me watch it? Yep. Sure. I'll probably, I'll probably get to it then. But this is not, it wasn't a bad time by any means. It's a solid eight. Ooh, a solid eight. That's good. Excellent. Again, low bar. We know I never have. And I am greatly worried because like you said, I don't think anybody, I think the powers that be at Marvel were like, if you can come in under budget, just do whatever you want. I don't know if he got a whole lot of notes on this one. Thinking now, he might be getting more notes. I definitely know he got one note. On this movie? Yeah. What was his note? Um, All the baby Groot. <laughs> this is just what I've heard. For the second one they were like yeah. included? Or? Yeah. I think they probably, initially, I would expect that they would have Groot be grown again. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about this. And that they were probably just like, keep baby Groot a baby for as long as possible. Baby Groot is selling all the Funkos. Yeah. So, Yeah. That's, that's definitely one note he got. Well, that is that. And that's sitting on your Netflixes. You've probably all already seen it. I'm sure I was the last person. Ever, yes. You were. <laughs> I, got, I got a notice from Netflix that said, are you sure? <laughs> this has been sitting here for months and you, you haven't watched it. Well, moving on. Kind of threw this one at Kate at the last minute. Because I'm... I'm be totally honest, friends. I gotta, I gotta really think to. I really gotta have a, some soul searching for myself because I'm running out of things. You were not. I kind of am. Um, but again, maybe I was thinking back to that whole like Cagliostro castle thing and like you know my all time, my all time favorites, and started thinking about this one. And I always love this one, and always will love this one. This is Giant Robo colon the animation. Yes. Period. The day the earth stood still. Yes. <laughs> really long, weird title. Um, it is a seven episode OVA, or original video animation, which basically just meant it went direct to video. It was never on TV. It was never in the movie theaters. It just went straight to video, which is how they used to do these things back then. It. We talked before about how uh, Cagliostro Castle took like five months to make. Mm-hmm. This took six years. Wow. <laughs> Because Homeboy was a mad perfectionist. 
Um, it was seven episodes, directed and co-written by a guy named Yasuhiro Imagawa. It is based on a manga called Giant Robo by Mitsutero Yokoyama. It was meant to be, I don't know if it was meant to be kind of like an anniversary retrospecticus of dude's work. I'm sorry, retrospecticus? Retrospecticus. I am, that is fantastic. Okay, continue. Simpsons reference. I don't know the reference. the name of the yearbook uh, Lisa was working on before her. That's great. The Summer Vacation, the beach episode. Right. She becomes cool. That was the name of the yearbook she was working on, Retrospecticus. <laughs> you can smell the benzene. <laughs> um, so one of the things that is weird about this is even though it is Giant Robo is the, and the characters in Giant Robo are the, at the forefront, there are a lot of supporting characters and a lot of other mech designs and things like that taken from across Yokoyama's body of work. Right. Um, he worked on, he also did Gigantor, Tetsujin 28 is what it was called originally. Okay. Or Gigantor. Did other manga called Babel 2 and God Mars and things like that. And basically, Giant Robo lifts shit from everywhere. Like, I don't think Big Fire, the evil organization in this, was actually originally in Giant Robo. I think that came from another, another comic. And dude just kind of lifted from everywhere. It is notable came out between 1992 and 1998 and is notable for having a very retro design. Yeah, I was actually just when you said that I was really I thought it came out in the 1980s for sure. Like these robots do not make any sense. These are very cartoony looking robots. They don't Nothing look like Nothing makes sense. <laughs> How dare you. They don't look like Gundams, you know. No. They're not boxy or blocky or things like that. No. There's no way you could build giant robots <laughs> as he looks. As he is depicted in this show. Uh, so basically, Giant Robo is the story of a young boy, Daisaku Kusama, I believe his name is. Well, I'm going from memory. I still remember all this shit. Um, he is the only one who can pilot Giant Robo, this giant robot um, that he kind of controls with a watch, watch transmitter. Sure. <laughs> from the 60s, man. Come on. And he kind of hangs off the side of his face and pilots him like that. And this is one of the... Giant Robo is actually one of the early sort of cross-cultural properties. I think in the 60s there was a live-action adaptation that made its way to North America called Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. Cool. <laughs> so racist. <laughs> um, and Daisaku and Giant Robo are both members of the uh, of an Interpol organization, a special task force of Interpol called the Experts of Justice. Yes, they are. Which is, a, which is basically like a little Justice League crew of like a monk and a dude who can spit sake from a gourd and make his fist go on fire and all kinds of dope shit. And they're experts in justice. They're experts in justice. And they are perennially battling, as most old typey shows, it's G.I. Joe and Cobra, right? Like they're, Yeah. They're always fighting against big, the BF organization or Big Fire. Big Fire, which uh, doesn't even make any sense. Allegiance or death, Big Fire. Um, and our plot here is we are living in a golden age. The energy crisis has been solved. Yep. There is a device called the Shizuma Drive. Yes. The science of which is holy yada yada. We don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, no. We don't need to know how it works. All we need to know is that it does work. And it powers everything. Everything. Lamps, cigarette lighters, cars. Flashlights. Everything can be powered by Shizuma drives. And they are also recyclable. They run out, you swap them out, you send them. They're basically just, you know, batteries. Yeah. 
the energy crisis has been solved. But in the creation of the Suzuma Drive, one of the doctors behind it, Franken von Vogler, or Folger, Folger, depending on <laughs> if you're watching the sub or the dub, something went terribly wrong, resulting in something called the tragedy at Bashtarl. Yes. Bashtarl was the place where they were researching the Shizuma Drive. Von Folger may have sworn revenge for whatever happened in the tragedy of, tragedy of Bashtarl. We don't know what. Anyway, somebody at Big Fire gets their hands on an anti-Shizuma Drive. Dun, dun, which can dun. knock out all the Shizuma drives. And that is why the Earth is standing still on the day the Earth stood still. <laughs> because yes. all the Shizuma drives are being knocked out, sending the world into chaos. And it is up to the experts of justice to battle against the Magnificent Ten. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the, the elite, the elite uh, members of Big Fire mm-hmm. uh, to put the world to order again. And it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Caitlin does it. I don't care if Caitlin doesn't love it. <laughs> We're going to get into why she should love it in a moment. I do have to say, I just want to get into it about the point that you were asking about on Facebook. or Which, oh, that it, I wasn't sure if it was the... Well, get, sure. Get, give me your hot takes. Get into it. Start bad-mouthing it. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Um, so, I, I just wanted to... It wasn't that it was too confusing it obviously is very much like um lupin the third um i know that there's this other world that it's drawing from or that was there around beforehand everyone seems to know each other in some way um all the stuff seems to be already established that's okay i can jump in i'm fine with that um this story didn't make any sense like nothing made sense none of the characters made sense it all makes sense why were people angry? Why were people doing any of this? I, th- there was like three different reasons. And then like Vogler was like two people. And then it, someone was in his underwear for some reason. I'm not sure why. And at a window. And who was in his underwear? Oh. <laughs> and is I thought maybe. Right, Genya's in his underwear at one point. At one point for, for no reason. Um, and like, it doesn't, none of, none of this, none of the story makes sense. The robots don't make sense. The robots the, are awesome. I, I just, yeah, no, this is really bad. <laughs> you are fucking high. So this was always meant to be <laughs> the most, most Japanese of Japanese things. It was always meant to show the second last battle between... The Experts of Justice and Big Fire. So it was to show the second last battle? Yes. Not the ultimate battle between them. Right. The second last battle. When was the ultimate battle? Well, it was going to take place. It was in in Imagawa's chronology in his head. Yeah. It was going to take place after the events of this OVA. But he has never, nor does he intend to, <laughs> animate that. Animate that. Okay. No. So specifically... There are a couple things I did like. I liked the internationalness of it. There's like a French guy named, I don't know, Franck the Immortal or whatever his name was. Um, Everybody's got the dopest name. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, and there seemed to be people from literally all over the world. Um, that was kind of cool. There uh, was some design stuff that was neat, but really, I, I actually, I didn't really like the animation. I found it was very distracting. It was very, it seemed very rough. Um, yeah, so there were, yeah, bits and, and pieces I kind of liked, um, but most of it was ridiculous. Things I want to know. Was this story 
was it financed by big oil and nuclear energy? <laughs> no, not as far as I know. Possibly nuclear energy, but um, because the big thing about um, Giant Robo that is its name. Yeah. Why wouldn't they give it a better name than Giant Robo? Giant Robo. What is a better name than Giant Robo? Anything. Anything. He's a robot and he's giant. Oh my god. What if someone was talking about another giant robot and then giant robo got confused? Oh, you mean and... GR2? Yeah. But what if they were like, <laughs> giant robot, blah, 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 and then other giant robot was confused there, there's about... Actually, there's actually like four of them. Anyways. Um, so the big thing about giant robot is that he's nuclear... Giant robo, <sighs> not giant robot. Whatever. <laughs> like it makes a difference, Jordan! <laughs> Giant Robo is that he is nuclear powered. Yes, and that's why he can, when Shizuma drives are being knocked out left and right, that's why Giant Robo can still still be utilized because he is nuclear powered. So it's a big, big thing. The the chief reacts in horror. And, uh, the, and, oh, and here, another thing that I just, it didn't, it was stupid. So, kid, (laughs) kid who... Who, uh, what's his name? The kid who pow- who helps drive. Daisaku Kazama. Yeah. Um, so he, so when the doctor dies, he like flips out. He's like, no, he's known the guy for like a day. He's a child, Caitlin. He has never talked to the man. The doctor's been an asshole the entire time. He has been an asshole. And then, but he's all... But the kid's got a boner for the Shizuma drive. They established that. Like, he thinks it's the best invention ever created. Yeah. So what? Cool. There were other people involved and he's just like, no. (laughs) And you're like, why is he just so distraught? This man he's never had a conversation with has died. There are other things to worry about. And he's just like flipping out. And then what's her face is like crying, looking at the lights and like, it's a beautiful night. What is going on? What is going on? There is no storytelling happening here. It's just they're just throwing things at the animators. I was very upset. Kaylin just needs things explained to her all the time. No, because then the exposition was stupid. It just they had exposition in places that they didn't need ex- exposition. Uh, anyways, I just I was very disappointed because it could have been great, but it wasn't. Jordan, he's giving me a look like he's super disappointed in me, and like this is the end of our friendship. I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just so disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed, and I usually don't have this bad of a reaction to things, but I was just, I was not having a good time watching it. There's nothing bad about it. There's just nothing good about it. Genray, that's what's good about it. That's the lady, right? Yes. She needs to put some pants on. No, she does not. Because she will have shrapnel in her cooch. No, and that is not. not a fun time. <laughs> She's a proper outfit. That's what she needs. That, don't look at me like that. You know I'm right. She needs some pants. Some tights, maybe. Yoga pants or something. Long gloves and a short Chinese dress. That's all Ray needs. <laughs> Anyways. And a nine millimeter in, her, in a thigh holster. Somehow. Somewhere. (sighs) I made you so sad. (laughs) 
I mean, come on, like the action scene. Uh, so I, because these were longer, yeah, and because we were dragging our heels on telling each other what to watch again, <laughs> I didn't want to be like, hey, watch three episodes of these, watch three forty-five minute episodes of these. So I gave you, I said, watch the first two, yes. didn't I? Yeah, which, which I will I say, not the best, not the best episodes. To quote someone who I care about dearly and do a podcast with, if I have to spend hours and hours oh, I understand and, that. until it gets good, I am not there for that. But I could show you like a fucking like, you know, anime music video set to uh, and you would just see scenes from this that come later and you would be like, you know I have to watch this immediately. Some of the some like uh, some of the fight scenes like I, I could the way that they're formatted could be great. I just don't think that and you can just say I'm the worst. That's okay. Just from my eyes, my taste, I didn't think the animation was that good. I thought I've seen really cooler things um, that were done better. Um, and again, it could just be because I'm the worst. You are actually the worst. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I just, yeah, I didn't think it was that entertaining. Everybody's got a dope-ass name. Uh, just the immortal guy was pretty cool. I don't even remember his first name. Doug. What the fuck? Philip. Al- Alberto. Oh god, Alberto the Impact is that his <laughs> name? It's the best fucking name ever. Alberto oh, the Impact. And then some people show up in the second one who you've never seen. Some green, gray lady, green lady. Um, she was like one yeah, of. She's married to the monk. Well, she's like never- she was off on a mission. She came back. Anyways, there's very little explanation about that um, or who people are. I understand that they are taking from things and you like jump right in, but there's no, yeah, I just don't. And then that guy, is he an alcoholic or does he just like use the sake to like blow fire? Yeah, a little column A, a little column, column B. B. Um, he was interesting. Oh, yeah. And then the big guy, he needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> he's kind of insufferable in the early he's episodes, yeah. The, he's the worst. You and got I, the guy with the axes in his sleeves? For like, honestly, minutes and minutes and minutes of the episode, he just keeps on going about how much he hates that kid. I'm just like, <laughs> dude, he's a 12-year-old kid, which I thought the 12-year-old kid might be a girl. Is, is he a girl? No. Oh. They drew him kind of with... It was very interesting in certain places. I was like, oh, maybe it's a girl. That'd be really cool. But it's not. Nope. Also, how does he stay on the giant robo? There's a handle on the side of its face. One handle. The giant yeah. robo was like throwing punches and like yeah. doing backflips and like he's just like hanging on. It's also got to be so loud. Yeah. Thing shoots like rocket. It's a yeah. giant rocket I don't engines. think it's safe for him to just be like chilling out there with a handle. Oh, probably not. And then how he has, Giant Robo must have some, like, feeling drive because he was in trouble. Giant Robo knew and, like, went to go protect. It doesn't make any sense. He's a robot. But they play on that, which is what I always like. The face is always stationary, but they use lighting and shit to make it look like he actually has, like, expressions. And his eyes. Yes. His weird, creepy, human uh, robot eyes. Did he fall apart and get defeated by the end of episode two? Is that what it was? No. That happens in episode three. Because I remember this was a thing that I had. I had like a fucking, I think it showed up at like Cinema One in Windsor. Again, this is back in the days where you just, if a tape showed up, if it looked randomly interesting, you just bought it and hope yeah. for the best. And I bought this and went like, what is happening? I had the same reaction. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. But these robots look dope as shit. And again, it could be because I've seen so much else, right? And I've been yeah, exposed to so much more. Maybe you have a higher, maybe you have a higher <laughs> bar now. And at the time... When you saw this, you were probably like, this is amazing. Whereas now, after seeing lots of different types of anime and cool action scenes and dragons blowing 
explosions at each other. Um, I'm kind of like... Really? Eh. I like Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid as much as anybody. <laughs> <laughs> not about to say it's better than Giant uh, Robo. And then, like, even when some of the power was going in, it didn't make any sense. Anyways, I, it was a four. You are... We're in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dude who shows up later. His name is the fabulous Fitzcarraldo. You know what his power is? What? He can shoot high-powered bursts of air... That can slice through shit by snapping his fingers. He's in like a three-piece suit. He's got a scar on his eye, and he's like, "What? No one, no what it is shooting shit. So dope. There's too much going on. There's a shit ton going if on. If you this. if you had taken the robot out, oh. like all robots out, and just had these cool characters, well, friends, we're gonna radio magic here for a minute. Okay. Because so, like I said, I bought the tapes of this. Maybe only the first, again, like 45 minute episodes. I think you've got the first two on one tape and then like you've got like one episode on the next tape. So I only right. had like the first three. Mm-hmm. Like we said, there were huge gaps between releases of this. Right. Um, like it took six years for it all to come out. And then I like forgot about it. And then I saw, I was really into anime music videos. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, it's where people make, you know, music videos. They pick a song they like and they edit anime footage to it. Um. I assume other fandoms do this as well, but anime was yes. the first place I ever saw it. Also notable with Giant Robo, and you know, it's no like synth pop soundtrack or everything. The soundtrack is all classical, like the War, the Warsaw Philharmonic or something did all of it. And I remember seeing this this anime music video, which showed things that happened from episode seven, which was the giant, huge like battle, and I was like, "Who are all these people?" Because <laughs> <laughs> there are people I didn't know, yeah, but I wanted to know them. I just and I knew that immediately was like I had to see all of this show. So experiment, radio magic, I'm gonna see if I can find that video and show it to Kate and see if she has any any inclination to see what happens later on in this show. Ooh. Woo! Y'all I am fucking amped like it's two thousand and one in my mom's fucking spare room. Fifty six K modem waiting for that to load for six days. <sighs> fucking amped. Man, I gotta watch this show again. Here are some issues. No curiosity at all. No. You, God, you're awful. I'm the worst. You are the worst. Um, also, how did these people get their powers? Who cares? I care. You talk about lazy storytelling. The fucking chief had fucking that, rocket feet. <laughs> that is lazy storytelling. You see the chief loosen his tie? I was like, why is he, getting lo- why is he loosening his tie? Don't they even allude to that in the second episode? He like tries to do something and geisha looking dude is like... God, Chief, you can't. Though like, I that's did when you know, like... You know when shit's about to go real. I did like that the guy with the... with like I liked the characters. I thought they were cool. They had so much story potential. But then they were just like, no, let's throw more things at this story <laughs> and see what... I, people, they're like, there's, the, the night is coming, but like, the earth is standing still, but their cities are... What? What is, what is happening, Jordan? It's still a four. Dopeness. That's what's happening. It's a four. I don't even know if this is available on DVD anymore. You can come to my house and watch it. Because he's really excited about it, folks. We will also watch the uh, the Ginray specials, which were the which, the quickie comedy bits they put out in between episodes. Right. Featuring Ginray, because she was obviously the, the breakout character. Yes. There's one where the experts of justice and the Magnificent Ten get drunk at a karaoke bar. It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> they make a dick joke wow. about the guy in the armor. <laughs> Fucking dope. <laughs> I'm glad you're so happy about oh, this. Oh, it makes me so happy. It's so much better than a four, you guys. It's so much better than a four. It's a four. 
Anyways, I think that's it for the show. No updates? Uh, oh, well, sort of. I just, um, speaking of old movies, uh-huh. I watched two this weekend, um, Finding Dory, mm-hmm. which was actually surprisingly very good, and I cried a lot, and they should have gotten an Oscar for making the cutest baby fish ever. I don't even understand. They must have some mathematical equation, like how to make the most adorable <laughs> babies. Um, baby Dory is just amazing i wish i had a baby dory um and then uh a very old movie which is definitely problematic now but at the time um i thought was amazing uh to wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar never saw to wong fu yeah no i had when i was a kid i I, i've seen that movie a a million times but i hadn't seen it in a while and senior correspondent hadn't really he saw it when he was very young but hadn't really remembered um so we watched that because it's on netflix now Mm. and uh i still really like it but none of the three main drag queens none of them are gay or drag queens and that's you know we talk about representation a little bit and there's thankfully they do a relatively good of representing them one of them's black and one of them's latin no but i just mean as far as like uh, thankfully rupaul is in it at the beginning um but uh but there is not a lot of um i don't know how many you know gay people had in writing the movie or and they definitely didn't star in it right so at the time in the 90s i don't know i thought it was amazing i still think it's a great film it's definitely a great i can you call it a chick flick it's a chick flick um you know there's makeovers involved the town comes together <laughs> awful men are shoot out of the town well All they say things. they're remaking it so get ready to have that problem again <gasps> What? I don't know any details. You'd have to Google it, but I had I no heard idea. That. Oh. I have heard that. Well, I'm sure. Given the, <laughs> I hope RuPaul's a producer because I guarantee you this remake is being done solely due to the success of Drag Race. But I hope so. Um, that's all you got for updates. I think that's it. I'll probably uh, remember something later. I have two. Uh, one, a random thing Netflix really wanted me to watch that they kept putting at the top of my feed. Yeah, a Korean sitcom called the shape of your heart okay apparently based off a web comic they have now made into a live action thing i'm not gonna say it's smart funny but it's kind of funnier than it has any right to be (laughs) um basically about a dude who's you know useless just wants to be like a wants to be a web comic artist and about him and his parents and his he doesn't quite have the girlfriend yet but he's he's going to be getting one shortly i think um and the funnier bit is his dad yeah. at the same time while this is happening apparently does does work as it does movie extra work mm-hmm. or extra work and they show a bit of like all of his roles and he's always like looking stunned in the background <laughs> <laughs> they do like his reel and it's like somebody throws a drink in somebody's face and he's at a table going <gasps> <laughs> And then it's like a historical one, and they're both in like you know the formal Korean garb, and they throw they throw a large a bucket at the dude's face, and he's in the background going, and then it's like in space, and he's in green makeup going, <gasps> right? So that's funny, funnier than it should be. But he's filming a historical thing yeah. and historical thing, and he's in it's about the war, and he's in North Korean like military uniform because he's an extra on the other side. Uh, they're filming in a field. He ends up falling asleep. <laughs> When he wakes up, everyone is gone. He now is wandering home with a fake rifle in a North Korean military uniform. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so that's, if you like dumb, 
I don't. Check check that out. It's pretty dumb. Um, One last thing. I got to get this off my soul. So whatever, anime, Kobayashi is still cool. It has not gotten, I mean, Quetzalcoatl is still as bad as she always is, but that whole weird sexualizing kids thing hasn't really come back. Kind of still adorable. They went to the beach. I sent Caitlin gifs all the time to make her work day better. Because, yeah. Because Protekana. Yeah. Um, But the only other thing I'm really keeping up with is Dragon Ball Super because they're going into like, you know, because I want to make sure Gohan's going to be all right. Right. Gohan is going to be all right. He had a fight last episode um, that went to a draw, which makes sense because, you know, he's he's out of practice, but he still comported himself well. They respected Gohan. But the thing is, has Goku always been this much of a dipshit? I don't know. The whole point of this arc is like, I think I mentioned before, it's like a universal, you know, the, each universe in the multiverse sends representatives and the losing universes get wiped out. This is only happening because Goku wants strong people to fight. And he's like chummy with the, you know, God, gods of all who are depicted as like these two twin, basically children. Um, but Goku's like super chummy with them. And he's like, I want to fight strong guys. So it's like, cool. We'll have a tournament. We'll wipe people out. Everyone else is much more concerned about this than Goku is. That sounds weird. And like in this episode, they're at least acknowledging that. (laughs) I watched the latest episode this morning and they're now, you know, sidebarring. They've had their exhibition match and people keep telling Goku, it's like, you're the villain here. (laughs) Like you're evil. And Goku's like, well, I'm evil. Am I? It's like, yeah, (laughs) bro. This is all happening because of you. You're kind of an asshole here. So I don't know what I'm supposed to. Why? Why y'all giving Goku a pass on this? Are they? Are people giving Goku a pass? On uh, it seems like it. I just I don't recall him ever being. He seemed to at least be somewhat noble. Now it's just like I just want to fight. I just want to fight strong people. That's all I care about. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I only remember him from Dragon Ball Z. Led to a really good joke time. a couple episodes ago where he wanted Vegeta to go with him to this like you know preliminary match. Yeah, and Vegeta was like, uh, "Bulma's giving birth to my daughter." So I'm not going anywhere. And Goku's like, is that important? I was dead when Goten was <laughs> was born. Like, at least acknowledging that Goku's kind of a dick, but he's really a dick on this arc. Anyway, I don't care as long as Gohan stays stays on point. But yeah, you're weird this season, anime. Yeah, I think everything's weird this season. Although summer, I'm already amped for summer. Why? What's going Maybe on in the spring? Summer? Um, there's going to be a ballroom anime. I think we uh, we. Uh, we I don't know if we talked about it on mic, but maybe not. Maybe we just talked about it on Facebook. Yeah, welcome to the ballroom. It's getting adapted into an anime. That's amazing. So amped. It's going to be my next year on ice. I'm calling it now. <laughs> anyway, that Lord knows there's going to be some editing on this episode because when Kate and Jordan don't see each other for a couple weeks, we talk for an hour and forty minutes. Light and tight goes out the effing window. <laughs> um, there are so many ways you can get at us if you haven't had enough of us yet on the Twitter at GeekDownPod. Tumblr doesn't exist anymore, but there are public posts that go up on the Patreon feed, patreon.com slash geekdownpod, show notes. Um, occasionally, I put things that you can just see there, mostly show notes and related links and a lot of things that used to live on Tumblr when I cared about that. <laughs> um, but there are more things there that you can see uh, with a patronage of $5 or more. You get access to that. You can check out all the fun stuff we put up on there or hang out with us on our Facebook page. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. You can get at us on there or get a taste of what you're missing on the Patreon feed. 
because, yeah, we on our hustle, friends. Yeah. So, I can't even bear to look at Caitlin anymore after this giant robo debacle, so she got to get the fuck out of here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Getting kicked out. Hopefully, we will cool off in the next week. <laughs> when we Maybe come... we'll try and give something to each other that's, you know... Give uh, each other some space. Some space. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should give you something British. We'll get, we'll go back to that. I was so nice to that fucking radio play. <laughs> it was so nice. Well, I'll try and find something that you'll like. Brother Cat file got off so easy. Anyway, we'll see what that looks like when we come back next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Pod. And we hope you will join us then, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Kate McGinnis. And we will see y'all back here next week. See you then. I think I forgot my tweezers at home at my parents' house. Oh. This is alarming because a man of a certain age has to be very vigilant <laughs> about hair coming out of places. <laughs> uh, I refuse to have your hair. You're old.